0: CHAPTER Thirty-Two, A VOICE IN THE TREES Did you have enough time to catch up? I jumped, so lost in my envious thoughts of Walter and Hattie that I had forgotten where I was. Right on cue, but about two minutes late by my reckoning, Mama and Pip had entered the treehouse via the spiral staircase. Earlier Mama had greeted us alone atop Emerald Hill. She and Pip must have returned to her cottage during the interim, because Baby was now bundled cozily in the sling against her chest. The nasty scowl Pip gave his tiny sibling disappeared the moment he laid eyes on Hattie. Shrieking delightedly, he charged forward and tackled her onto a blue velvet sofa, squeezing her in the barest of all bear hugs. "'Where were you?' why didn't you come play with me anymore? How come you're here now? His salvo of inquiries went on, leaving Hattie without even two seconds of silence to answer them. Meanwhile, Mama addressed me and Walter. Raising her arms to show off the treehouse, she asked, what do you think of my work? Was it worth the wait? Definitely, cried Walter. I don't think I've ever seen anything so amazing in my whole life. Yeah, I said, plastering on a fake smile. I think it's even better than your cottage. Mama winked and replied, To be fair, I only had one day to work on that. I was able to take my time with this. Struggling free from Pip, Hattie hurried forward to wrap her arms lovingly around Mama closing her eyes and lacing Hattie's curls between her fingers mama whispered welcome to our isle i think you will find that one or two things have changed since your last visit hattie was too overcome with emotion to speak her shoulders bobbed as she cried once more mama sank to her knees beaming as she squeezed hattie oh i have missed you so much like my own daughter after a too-long vacation. "'I'm sorry I didn't believe before,' cried Hattie. "'I could have been here so much sooner.' With shining eyes Mama said, "'Although I am sad over what happened to bring you here, I am glad to see you now, and I look forward to whatever time we will have together on this side of things.' Whatever she meant by that last little bit, I wasn't exactly sure, but it carried an ominous tone. Since my juvenile heart had room for only one major concern at a time, I filed her words away and continued focusing my anxieties on whatever had transpired between Walter and Hattie in the parlor. Pip provided a temporary but welcome distraction when he shouted, I want to see more of the treehouse, Hattie. Will you show me? Hattie giggled and scooped him up in her arms. Of course I will. You'll especially love it upstairs, so we'll save that for last. We spent the next half hour touring slowly about the tree palace. As we did, Pip decided it was his obligation to explore every corner ask every question, and tinker with every toy or curiosity he discovered. His youthful fascination inflated with each new room, and when we climbed the spiral staircase into the upper dome, that ballooning enthusiasm exploded. Like a kitten in a yarn and catnip store, he darted back and forth among the toys and sundries, and ate anything he found that was covered in sugar. "'I do think he would like to live here with you, Hattie,' Mama noted with an amused grin. "'Would he? Could he? Could everybody?' Hattie asked hopefully. Mama realized she had spoken out of turn. Frowning, she answered, "'No, I should not have said that. They are free to visit us, but this is our home, not theirs.' Each evening they must return to the living world. Hattie gave Mama a sober nod and said, I understand, but it's a big home to have all to myself. Will you stay here with me? I have my own place, but I think I could spare a night or two, at least until you start feeling more settled here. Hattie brightened at once and said, Walter told me you have a beautiful cottage surrounded by a magic garden. Could I see it? Never mind that I had been the one to mention the cottage. The gall I tasted grew ever more bitter. Happily, Mama replied in answer to Hattie's question. In fact, while Pip and I were waiting for you three to finish your business, we were there preparing a welcome feast for you. Despite the sourness in my stomach, the word feast didn't sound half bad. Although it had only been a couple hours, it felt like a whole day had passed since I'd last eaten. One of Mama's magical feasts was sure to satisfy both tummy and taste buds. Mama allowed Pip a few more minutes to enjoy the treehouse. She eventually corralled him, and everybody made for the spiral staircase. I seized my opportunity. I grabbed Walter by the elbow and held him back a few paces, then whispered, What did Hattie want from you, when she sent me away? Even as I made my request, I feared the response. But the one Walter gave incensed me far worse than the one I had dreaded. Jerking his arm roughly from my grasp, he snapped, Let go of me, and that's none of your business. Once outside, I sulked behind the rest of the group as we followed the flagstone path from treehouse to cottage. Walter's quick dismissal of my question had confirmed the worst. If nothing of significance had transpired between him and Hattie, he wouldn't have hesitated to share it with me. It was his angry dodging that took away any doubt. Something had happened. Had she made him finally admit his feelings for her? kiss her, even? It was the abrupt halting of the group ahead which momentarily shook me free from my brooding. I hurried forward to learn why. Hattie was staring off into the forest. A curious expression painted upon her face. Walter stared similarly at her as he asked, What is it? What's wrong? He too peered into the trees trying to locate whatever it was Hattie had seen. "'I don't know,' she whispered breathlessly. "'I thought I heard something—someone out there.' "'Are you sure? I didn't hear anything,' Walter replied skeptically. Hattie opened her mouth to argue, but Mama cut her off. "'Come along,' she cheerily exclaimed. "'Whatever it is, I am sure it can wait.' My feast, however, cannot, unless you want to eat the hot food cold, and the cold food hot. Walter obeyed immediately, brushing past Hattie as he went. I stopped next to her, offering my tacit support as I gazed into the trees myself. But the moment I did, she shrugged indifferently, and hurried to catch up with the others. Objectively, The feast Mama served at her cottage was so divine, the Lord himself would have left with a bellyache. There was a whole turkey, beautifully seasoned, along with sausage stuffing and cubed potatoes so soft and rich, they literally melted in our mouths like the butter that saturated them. We ate tart and tangy cranberry sauce, a salad of mixed greens and almonds and grated Parmesan, and buttery green beans adorned with freshly cracked peppercorns. All this Mama referred to as a practice thanksgiving. But if this were practice, it meant the real deal would be as incomprehensible to our taste buds as calculus to a kindergartner. But on a subjective level, even Mama's ethereal, beyond-this-world culinary masterpieces tasted bland upon my tongue. I had expected that her feast would return some sense of cheer to me. Instead, it brought only the opposite. Walter and Hattie sat across the table from me, and their affections for each other were uninhibited like never before. After dinner, we retreated to the sitting-room to digest. Mama brought each of us a triple scoop of lime sherbet in a polished rosewood bowl. And we worked to fill the pockets of empty space in our stomachs with melty, fruity sugar. My mood began to improve then, but only because Pip had taken it upon himself to monopolize Hattie's attention. At least for the moment, she and Walter couldn't continue the unintended torture which their eyelash batting inflicted on me. I was so preoccupied with keeping tabs on Walter and Hattie. I failed to notice the change that fell over Mama. Only when she spoke did I realize how pensive, even gloomy, she seemed. "'I sure do miss your daddy's music,' she said with a sigh. She stood and meandered to one of the north-facing windows, staring in the direction of Asphodel Glade. He always played his violin after a big meal. I miss Daddy too, of course.' But if I could only have his music again, he might not feel so far away. Hattie responded to Mama with an idea of her own. You've made so much else here, she said. Maybe you could figure out how to make his music, too. Believe me, I have tried, Mama replied, shaking her head grimly. But that is the one thing I cannot do here. Every time I have tried, it falls woefully short of the real thing, because I cannot fill it with his spirit. And that, I think, is what makes Daddy's violin so special. Walter straightened up at once. With full resolve, he said, If you can't have Daddy's music without him, then we'll just have to bring him here. Mama gave the idea only brief consideration. I do not think he is ready. I will see him again, but not until the timing is right. Something more must happen still, though I cannot see exactly what that something is. Then he will finally open his eyes and his heart. If she had possessed a flair for the dramatic in life, Mama was developing a flair for the cryptic in death. Her attention shifted to Pip and Hattie. My little brother had fallen asleep against Hattie's shoulder and was snoring quietly. Hattie herself seemed close to nodding off. Her heavy-lidded eyes glazed as she fought off sleep. For now, I think it is time we all went back to our homes, Mama said. Walter began to protest, but Mama held up a silencing hand. Hattie has been through much more than you boys could realize. She needs her rest. And Pip, well, after all the candy he ate in Hattie's treehouse, I imagine this is nothing more than a sugar crash. Either way, the afternoon is wearing on, and Abigail will be wondering about you. I still don't understand why we can't stay here, Walter pouted. Wouldn't that force Daddy to come to the aisle? And when he saw all this, he'd have to believe, wouldn't he? If he could see all this, corrected Mama. But I think he would find nothing more than a broken-down shack, and my three boys would find themselves in tremendous trouble." "'What do you mean? Why wouldn't he see what we see?' I asked. "'That is difficult to explain,' said Mama. When you three came here, you wanted to see me, and believed you would, even if that belief coexisted with a bit of skepticism. I shrank away from the knowing glance she gave me. But if Daddy came here now, she continued, it would be without either of those things. He would see only what he expected to see. I still don't get it, but okay, Walter conceded. We won't tell him. He nudged Hattie, whose rolling eyes snapped to attention. Mama says it's time to bring you home. She gazed at him dreamily. Okay, but I do wish the rest of you could stay with me. I will be with you tonight, Hattie, Mama reminded her, and the time will come when our reunion with them will be a permanent one. When? Hattie asked hopefully. Mama didn't immediately respond. Instead, she approached the bassinet and scooped up the baby, invisible within its bundle of blankets. With any luck, she answered, not for a long, long time, but we should leave the cottage now while it is still light outside. I myself was growing drowsy in the autumn afternoon's golden glow as we set out along the trail to Hattie's treehouse. I plodded along lazily, scuffing my feet and blinking great slow blinks like a ruminating cow on a warm afternoon. Lost in the fog of my own drowsiness, I didn't notice when Hattie stopped abruptly in front of me. Hey! I cried with annoyance as I stumbled into her. Then I saw her puzzled expression. She was staring off into the trees again. What's wrong? I asked, trying to follow her line of sight with my own. Do you think you heard someone again? Walter asked with a hint of alarm. I don't think I did she retorted, staring at him accusingly. I know I did. It was coming from that way. She raised a trembling finger, indicating some undefined point in the forest. With a faraway, dreamlike quality to her voice, she added, It was a girl's voice. What did she say? I asked. I'm not positive, but I think she was calling my name. A shiver ran down my spine, and my skin prickled with goosebumps. Come on, Mama said, urging us onward. Whoever it is, she can wait until tomorrow. We continued to the tree house, with the hurried pace of someone convinced he's being followed. At the base of the great trunk, we said our good nights. But even as I kissed and hugged Mama, I detected a veiled uneasiness in her eyes. I knew then that something had happened on our beloved isle entirely apart from her control, influence, or knowledge. Someone, or something, from the outside had entered in.